What's up, Kat? We're live. <laughs> How's yes. it going? It's going good. How about you? Pretty good. I woke up at like one o'clock today. <laughs> typical. It's <laughs> a typical day for you? Yeah. Was your schedule already like that or did you get like that from comedy, from being it out was, late? Oh, from comedy. Yeah, probably from comedy. I like to blame it on comedy. Right. I think that like once I started doing comedy, I just like used it as an excuse to be how I naturally am. <laughs> I think uh, that's kind of what I've been doing here recently too. I was like, I'm going to start getting up early in the mornings and I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And then I wake up at 11 or 1130 every day and I'm like, oh, fuck. That's still well, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'll do the thing where like I wake up and like, I'll get up at like eight or nine in the morning but then I'll just stay in bed till like noon. So it's still like the same thing in softball. <laughs> you just like lay in bed and scroll until you hate yourself? Yeah, yeah. Like I'll try to say I'm like working by like editing photos or, you know, administrative work, but I'm really just laying there being a lazy piece of shit. <laughs> Thank you for giving me a new term for my laziness. I'm doing administrative work. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, having an, I'm having an office day. <laughs> which is code for i'm posting memes yeah exactly yeah <laughs> have you uh been able to do any live shows recently no man um i think you know i was supposed to have one in uh, las cruces later this week but i'm pretty sure it got canceled because the venue that we were going to perform at uh somebody came down with covid and they temporarily closed it so damn that sucks yeah yeah and then i had uh i think i had one or two out in phoenix but at this point it's not really worth it to go out there because if i do get sick like the hospital beds are filling up and you know and then i'll have to quarantine and like when you get back to new mexico from out of state you have to quarantine for 14 days so. yeah and it's bad in arizona right now i think yeah, that's yeah, like the highest bad. the highest uh statistics are out there right now i think yeah they surpassed Florida. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> that's the word on the internets. At wow. Least. I, I try to not consume as much of as much of the media as about it. As yeah, I, I try not to too, but I end up doing it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> via social media and my fucking yeah, it's hard phone. Not to. Yeah, yeah, because everybody's got something to say about it. Right. <laughs> uh, but I mean. Who am I to say that? Because I'm a stand-up comedian and I'm, I'm like, let me right. get behind a microphone and tell you what I have to say about it. It's like literally our job to like tell people our shitty opinions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a weird, uh, it's a weird world, especially when you're like me and you're like, I want to meditate and I want to like do psychedelics and I want to better myself and like da da da. And then it's like, but then I have this narcissistic tendency every oh. night to go tell comedy. Right. And I try to be like, oh, well, my comedy like tells, tells a story or it has an underlying like bigger message. And I want people to look at things the way they never looked at them before. But I mean, that also, when it comes down to it, it's like, I need my laughs. Like that's like my fuel. Like <laughs> if you're not a comedian, 
like you don't understand that laughs are like our life force like it's like literally you know, like the people that like are like all I need is the sun to survive and they just like bathe in the sun that's all they need they don't eat me but with like laughs yeah yeah so you, <laughs> you already like had that tendency before you did stand-up comedy like when you're in group situations or with your friends like you wanted laughs from people like you were cutting up trying to be silly probably so but like a lot of things that like I ended up saying like we're funny and I didn't know why they were funny I was just like that awkward like friend you know and then once I got like a taste of like dopamine from it like it becomes like addictive <laughs> do you think that it got more addictive once you got behind the microphone and started doing it on stage oh, in God. front of big rooms when everyone yeah. has their eyes on you yeah once I got on stage it was completely different completely different it's like the difference between like someone giving you like one piece of candy versus like going like trick-or-treating and having like a whole bag of it <laughs> me with my analogies <laughs> yeah that's a creepy analogy Kat. it's creepy but it's it's just another addictive thing candy <laughs> sugar is addictive yes that's yeah <laughs> It's like uh, having a bump of cocaine or an eight ball of cocaine. Right. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You had a very like Epstein uh, <laughs> comparison there. <laughs> You're like, yeah, candy. Who wants some candy? Come to Aunt Cat's house. We have candy over here. Fuck, it froze. Of course it froze. Rose with Cat's face laughing and her dog barking. What do you think, Bo? Come here. Do you think candy is a bad analogy? Fuck, man. All right, how do we do this? We gotta, we'll uh, stop. No. How do we kick Cat up? Get out of here, you dead video. She did everything to get ready except charge her phone. Operation Jade Helm has taken Cat Savage. They've taken her to the caves of New Mexico to do MK Ultra brain transmission training to take away all her free thinking and comedy abilities. <laughs> In there, dude. Cat has messaged me. I just lost internet for a second. My power flickered. It's Operation Jade Helm. <laughs> You're good, cat. I'm just trying to hold the dead air. Everybody's leaving because I'm ugly. They're like, where'd the pretty lady go? Bring her back. What were we even talking about? Might as well have been the weather. Let's talk about aliens when Cat gets back. On this week's episode of This Is Not A Scottcast, Cat Savage loses internet connection due to a power flicker, and Scott struggles to keep the dead air alive. We're resending the link to Cat. All right, guys, let's all just enjoy a comfortable, comfortable silence together.
feel like I'm just really crushing it with this whole podcast thing right now, but what do you think? I miss doing podcasts in person. <clears throat> Remember when we were people and we could talk to each other at each other's houses in person, like a people? No, I'm not wearing pants. Fuck pants. Why would I wear pants when I'm at home? Cat probably wasn't wearing pants either. It's fucking party time. <clears throat> Bo, what do you have to say on the podcast? Come here, Bo. Bo. Alright. Bo doesn't really fuck with me anymore like that, I guess. Because of that time that I took him to the vet and they removed his testicles, which I would be upset if I fell asleep and woke up with no testicles too. So, oh yeah, it just looks like I'm typing the cat. I'm gonna share this as a watch party. We're gonna take this time to share. Hi, this is my podcast host voice. <laughs> Here we are. Hey, it's Cat. She's back. Cat, that wasn't the same hair that you had last time I talked to you. Did you change your hairstyle to try to look more like me? <laughs> Why can't I hear you? I can't hear you. my life <laughs> <laughs> can you a, hear me yes okay, we're very professional <laughs> we are okay. very very professional of course everything that's gonna go wrong yeah like the landscapers are outside and like a storm like came out of nowhere and like of course i'm like on a podcast and everything goes out <laughs> it's all right dude it's the story of my life as well right <laughs> comedian lifestyle it's just like what can go wrong will go wrong we thrive in chaos yeah 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 <laughs> just like write a joke about it all right <laughs> yeah I, I was sitting here thinking i was like what were we even talking about during the podcast i was like it might as well have been the weather and then you came back on and you were like yeah the weather so thanks for the floor <laughs> nice <laughs> let's elevate this what do you think about ufos cat you live in new mexico I haven't seen any, but that doesn't mean they don't exist. That's like, you know, that's like being one of those guys that are like, rape culture doesn't exist. <laughs> Just because it doesn't affect you doesn't mean it's not real. I believe in aliens, especially since like, didn't the government release like all this like paperwork saying, yeah, there's UFOs, extraterrestrials out there. They're just out there. <laughs> yeah but it's weird because it's like all right i want to believe but do i believe them because historically i don't believe what they tell me so right. it's like well it's not the fact that they're telling us so much as they're not like trying to hide the information anymore it's like we've they're like okay we've like conditioned you guys enough we've released at least three men in blacks like people are just there's so much other shit going on people aren't going to care about aliens and then they just like slip it in there they're just like oh yeah by the way 
So are you saying you think that's what they're using this um, Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith entanglement? Uh, it's all uh, it's all predictive programming. Like in two years, they're going to do another red table talk and she's going to pull her face off and be an alien. It's just like, weren't they like polyamorous or like it's, it's just like conditioning us. It's the polyamorous agenda. <laughs> <laughs> It's the bisexual agenda taking over this country. <laughs> the, the frogs are turning the kids. <laughs> the water's turning the frogs gay. <laughs> are you a conspiracy theorist at all? I I feel like I am, like ironically, but only because like <laughs> I was thinking about starting like a thing where I talk about a thing a podcast or you know some kind of series where i talk about conspiracy theories but i don't really have like a solid stance on any of them it's not that i like believe i'm just like mm, yeah i see that how that could like be possible and more than anything i'm just like fascinated by them i got you it's not like yeah. anything your ideology is like passionately attached to you're no. not like no scott pedophiles run the media and they're going to kidnap your children and your dog and turn them gay i think there's some truth to it <laughs> but i think i feel like there's like a little bit of truth to all of it like it's like you know conspiracy theories are like religions like no one is completely correct you know right 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 that makes sense like you you have no full way of knowing a flat right. out knowing and that's kind of what fascinates me about it you know like you can't ever tell for sure like you can't be these flat earth people are serious so <laughs> as long as they're not like militant out here trying to i don't know do renegade shit to take back the flat earth yeah what are they gonna do like let's go on a they're gonna go on like an expedition to find the edge like what <laughs> yeah storm antarctica right <laughs> didn't it come out that there were like some bases there some like military bases some shit i don't know i yeah. gotta catch up on my conspiracy theories <laughs> i've heard i've heard different things about antarctica about like military bases or ancient civilizations like pyramids uh -huh. different stuff like that like under the ice yeah yeah under the ice yeah <laughs> um but I've been trying to stray away from conspiracy theories just because there is a possibility that some of the conspiracy theories are like, what if, what if some conspiracy theories are government conspiracies to spread misinformation via conspiracy theorists? Dude, I think, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. That like the flat earth theory, like flat earth people discredit like so many conspiracy theories that it almost seems like it was started by someone that wanted to discredit conspiracy theories like it, it kind of groups everyone together like into crazy you know like if you see like one one extreme of it you're like okay yeah that's that's how they are <laughs> so you're saying that the flat earth conspiracy is a government conspiracy it could be it could be yeah. <laughs> they all could be that's the weird thing um, yeah. it's the strangest thing I, I got to that conclusion like years ago when i first got into like conspiracies and psychedelics and mm -hmm. bill hicks and shit like that and ultimately yeah i got to the conclusion i was like 
what if the conspiracies are conspiracies? Like, if this was true, why would this information be out here for me to take right? in? I was like, it's all an attack on my consciousness. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like, like they have like the pre-constructed ones, so you don't like dig and like find your own, like come to your own conclusions, you know. <laughs> right 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 it's all like very conveniently written out like a tv show or like a book or something yeah i don't know like i feel like a lot of like the media is like that anyway like there will be two sides and they have like talking points and it's just like if you're like on this side like you're arguing these talking points and if you're on this side you're just it's just like it doesn't it doesn't allow people to like come to conclusions by like having open discussions I feel like like uh, you know like anything political nowadays is either you're you're like completely for it or you're completely against it and there's no in between and you do kind of like get attacked if you're if you're like if you're not like going by I don't know <laughs> Yeah, no, no. Like the each political party wants you to totally align with all their right. views. Right, um, exactly. Yeah. And if you go, well, I agree with A, B, and C, but D mm-hmm. and Q, like I don't agree with you guys on those two things. I'm right. more moderate or I'm more conservative when it comes to that. People are like, rah, rah, rah. and um, it's really dangerous because it, it it's, it's like society training us not to think for ourselves. Right. And to just think as far as like a, a team and let a team think for you and not look right, at the individual like, topics. Exactly. Like people don't argue like by experience or they argue by like, this is what I heard on Fox News or this is what I heard on CNN News. And it's like, you're basically just like repeating like everything that's been like thrown at you from the TV basically. Yeah, yeah, you're just like a megaphone for, you're, you're a parrot. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and then um, the, everything is done and like, uh, like you said, there's no discussion. Everything is a debate. There's right. no like room for political discussion. It's like, no, it's my way or the highway. And um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I put out this bill so everyone that is in my party should vote for this bill. Right, right. Um. And it's very strange like that. It is, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I I like talking about some of that stuff in my comedy because I feel like it's important to like wake people up to the and those are narcissistic tendencies. It's like what right. again, what the fuck do I know? Who am I to say so? But um <clears throat> I, I think it's cool. Like like I like Bill Hicks, I like Chappelle, I like Rogan, so I like them. Obs- I'm the same way. Like I observe topics and then try to paint it how I see it in a comedic way. Right. Um, but it can be difficult sometimes because I get passionate about these ideas or about my perspective. And then I just come yeah. off like Alex Jones or something. Right. I'm like, no, it was like, um, damn it. Her power went out again. She lost like, internet. Okay. Lose, like the humor, the message, but like the most important thing is being funny, of course. And I don't know, I feel like we as comedians, like it is kind of our like responsibility because it's like one of the few platforms where like you're forced to come off with like a different perspective. So 
like you're forced to be original like if you just go up like spouting like things you heard on tv like you're you, you have to come up with your own shit your own material so you have to be original you have to have your own viewpoint yeah and um it seems like though that ufos and conspiracies aren't like super your thing that you want to talk about on stage so what is it that you do talk about let's see i used to make like a lot of rape jokes <laughs> but okay i mean a lot of it is like talking about like my experience at like i like to like frame my experience like as a woman in a way that like everyone can understand and everyone can laugh at. And a lot of my comedy is like, a lot of my jokes are structured to where like, okay, men are laughing at one part and the women are laughing at like another part of the joke. And like by the end of it, like the guys are like, I never thought of it that way, <laughs> you know? Uh, as far as like what my comedy consists of, there's a lot of like toilet humor and dark humor, but I still try to have like a message. <laughs> it's not well, as rough as it used to be. I feel like I started out like super rough. Like. <laughs> right, right. And how long, I mean, you've only been doing it like what, two years? A little over a year now, yeah. Okay, yeah, I've only been doing it two years. I had a comedian of like five years tell me the other day, like I'm still young in comedy. Yeah, and, um, yeah. <laughs> that's important to remember, even though I think like, oh, I did really good this time. It's like, you're still not as good as you think right. you are. There's still so much work to be done. Right. It's just like the potential for like bombing is, you know, it's always there. <laughs> it yeah. keeps you humble, you know. And it seems like, at least for me, I'm still in like this stage of figuring out like, I know the type of stuff I want to talk about, but it's still like figuring out how I want to portray it. Like what I'm, I'm trying to find my voice. I'm still trying to find my voice. Right. Right. That makes sense. Like there's still a lot of things that like I want like to talk about, but I haven't like figured out like a way to do it. Like I haven't figured out a way to make it funny. So I don't. <laughs> Who are some of your favorite comedians to like go watch? I'll, a lot of times when I'm struggling with like a joke that I'm like, oh, I really like this premise. I really like this idea, but I don't know how to like spin it in a funny way. I'll go back and watch, you know, one of a few different comedy specials. It's weird because like nowadays I don't really consume as much comedy, but like, I feel like, I don't know, early on, I, I I'm kind of made it a point like not to do it as much because I felt like it would like shape like my style or like what I'm doing. Like it's so much easier early on to accidentally tell someone else's joke and not realize you're doing it or accidentally pick up someone else's style. Uh, but like early on, I don't know, I was like really into like Sarah Silverman or like, let's see, like Bob Saget, <laughs> just, I guess like shock humor was great growing up, but I try to have more substance now. I was into Louis C.K. before he pulled his pee-pee out. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying you would have been upset if Louis C.K. pulled his pee-pee out in front of you? I mean, I would have been disappointed. Like I was, <laughs> I was disappointed over the whole thing. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. 
it. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's really good um now i get what you're saying though about like being careful about taking in too much outside comedy because it might seep into your own um right but i also think it's important just to watch other comedians just to get reminded of like oh there's like a trick or a tool or right. something that i kind of forgot about that i can incorporate what if i did that in my joke Right, right. Like I watched, yeah. I've been watching um, Death Comedy Jam on Amazon recently. Okay. And I've, I don't know who it was last night, but they were just being like super physical. It was either Bernie Mac or um, I can't think of his fucking name. Uh, Steve Harvey. Okay. <laughs> uh, but one of them was just being like super physical and I was like, what if I hit myself in the head with the microphone during this joke? And I was like, that would work out. That would make a lot of sense. Right. Um, it is good. It is good for that, for like finding little things to, like, yeah. to, like to better assess that you already have, you know? Right. Just to like remind yourself of, like I said, tricks or tools. Um, one that I always go back and watch is that Galifianakis at the Purple Onion. Oh, I love, yes. That's a classic. <laughs> There's just something, like, absurd about his humor that... Right. That whole fucking set, dude, like, oh, it was great. That was, like, it was iconic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really good at, like, misdirections and just absurdity, just being silly. I'm on a podcast. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, yeah. That's my dad. <laughs> dad i'm doing a podcast i'm doing a podcast dad get out <laughs> <laughs> oh my god living he, a dream <laughs> now, he, now he knows you're a cam girl oh no, no i would have had the door locked <laughs> <laughs> that's funny as shit they're very my parents are very supportive they're they're very cool <laughs> That's good. That's good. My, uh, I don't really talk to my parents that much, but um, not much anymore, but they are supportive of what I do. That's good. Uh, it is good to have like supportive family and friends. I mean, I was just a fuck up totally before all of this. So I'm at least like, fuck up, like... <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean, me too, but I don't know. At least I have goals now. Right. Goals. <laughs> what is your, what's your goal? What's your goal? And I guess in comedy, um, I want to be a paid regular at the comedy store. Um, ultimately, I mean, I want to make enough money doing comedy to support a a decent life for myself and possibly right. a family in the future. Right. Like, you think you'll be able to do it during uh, through stand up alone, or no? Definitely not. I'm not. I'm not foolish. You know. Um, <laughs> I think it's smart to do to do stand up, to do podcasts, to right. do voiceover work, to do acting, um, any little thing like that that's geared towards the ultimate. Obviously, comedy is the primary, but anything right, right. that's geared towards the ultimate goal. Um, like I went and saw Moshe Kosher in D.C. before the quarantine, and one thing that he was talking about that he does when he's not doing stand up is they'll hire comedians to like be on the set of movies 
and then they'll come in and like improv lines like what if you said this what if you did that okay that's pretty cool yeah so there's a lot of things in like the entertainment industry um a lot of avenues that i can go down to get where i want to go and to live a comfortable life um to be able to ultimately i want to have like a nice piece of land and be able to have like a a little like fucking treehouse forest and have a little stage out there and be able to do like festivals and party it's not a cult it's not a it's it's a cult i can't hear you i still can't hear you i wonder if there's a short in here i could i could change headphones <laughs> you're fine. Do what you gotta do. Other headphones. Uh, no, you're good. <laughs> I knew you were wearing shorts too. See, fuck wearing pants. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Every every technical difficulty that could happen has happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. Dude. You're good. No. no. It's it's all on my end, so you're good. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that we thrive in chaos. That was a mistake. <laughs> the universe is like, all right, all right. <laughs> She's like, all right, let's see how much chaos you can take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. <laughs> you're doing all right. All this right. podcast is pretty much nailing it. Oh, I got yeah. my podcast host voice on like hey welcome to the podcast do, do, do. and we're just doing the thing oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh uh, but no yeah ultimately i want to have like i want to be able to have like a nice plot of land out in the woods somewhere where i can live like a self-sustainable lifestyle i want to in the meantime i want to be nomadic as possible um you've been doing that haven't you yeah, like right before quarantine, actually, I was pretty much traveling nonstop or at least like most like three weeks out of the month. Like I was going back and forth from like Denver and Durango and then like Phoenix. I had a couple shows out in Phoenix that were actually canceled like right, right when quarantine started. But I would just like travel pretty much nonstop and then like I would come home and I would like cam like during the day or whatever when I was like home by myself before everyone was staying home all day and then make enough money to like travel and get like from show to show and like I was getting paid like for the shows but obviously it wasn't enough to just be like traveling nonstop. so right funding yeah. one thing with another thing but I was happy I was doing it I was doing the thing <laughs> Yeah, that's the dream. I mean, um, I I love being on the road and like traveling. Um, I do like my hometown. It has its perks. And I think that ultimately, you know, if uh, I have the money to one day that I would like to have like a little home base here too. Right. But I think the West Coast is where I want to be. Yeah, yeah. I want to make it out to LA and, and Cali. I know a couple of people out there. They're just like, come out. We need you out here. I'm like, yeah, COVID. <laughs> yeah, maybe, same. Maybe I'll, 
they, I'm like, maybe I'll just like get it soon and then I won't have to worry about. <laughs> but it's more it than that, like that, right? Like, the, can you get it again? I don't know. I don't know. I just want things to open up. Like, I don't even watch like stand-up specials right now because they just make me sad. So I'm like, damn it. I'm already like at the point where I'm like writing like new material again. But if I'm not like jumping on stage and I don't know, I don't really know what to do with it or how to like structure a set based on what I've written. So it's rough. I have a lot of raw material right now. You think your material comes off better when you like get on stage and present it as opposed to like rehearsing it in your room? Oh, I mean, I, yeah, I feel like I don't really know, like, I don't know what my laughs, where my laughs are exactly, what my timing's going to be until, until I present it on stage and then I can edit and, and cut from there. I'm, I'm like one of those people that has like film my sets and go back and watch them and actually see what's happening. It's way yeah. different. I think everybody should do that, film their sets and yeah. go back and watch them. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially like early on. Because yeah. there's so many things you don't realize that you do, like like wrapping the microphone cord or like pacing back and forth to the point where it's like distracting. There's so many of those like little things that you can like hone in on. Yeah, stage and, presence is a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. I used to make it like a thing where when I was going out to Mike's nightly, I'd be like, okay, this week, this is what I'm going to work on. I'm going to work on not saying like, um, or anyways, like throughout the set, or I'd be like, I'm going to work on, you know, how I'm presenting myself physically or, you know, crowd work. I'd have like a different goal every week, but now my life is unstructured chaos. <laughs> <laughs> I like that though. That's, that's good tip. Um, to like kind of set out the rules for yourself like that and try to focus on one thing a week right because it's easy to like to get stale too like especially when you're just mostly performing like in your town and you're doing like the same five minute set like for the same 15 comedians because you're trying to perfect it and then i don't know it's easy to like lose lose like your investment in a set <laughs> Yeah, you kind of like lose your luster a little bit when you're doing mm. it in front of the same comedians and there's no crowds there in the same town. Right, right. Albuquerque is usually pretty good for for like actually having people at open mics. I guess because there's not too much else to do other than just like be at bars or strip clubs. <laughs> right, right. We have music too. But yeah, uh, open mics are actually a thing that people go out to to watch in Albuquerque. <laughs> you play music too, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I usually like just make it like a part of my set. Like I have a, I have a couple of comedy songs that I've written. I guess I write serious songs too. Sometimes not near as much as I used to though. Those are like for you. Yeah, they're more for me now. <laughs> but I mean, like I'll play them, but usually I I have like, I think I have like three different comedy songs that I've written. I wish I had more, but it's hard to just sit down and be like, I'm going to write a song that's going to be funny. It has to kind of like be inspired. <laughs> right. I, um, I mean, you, you, you're a musician too, and, but the music is kind of part of your comedy at times. You said that you do make 
some like serious songs that are kind of outside of the comedy realm. Is there any other like creative thing that you do outside of music or comedy to like just kind of keep the juices going? Um, I mean, I guess I do a little bit of writing, like I've written poetry. I've actually recently just like kind of been trying to get back into just like being at a keyboard and like letting my thoughts flow and seeing what happens from there, uh, which was like originally how I came up with material in the first place, you know, like I would just like free write and try to find the funny, try to like find the funny from there. But okay. uh, writing, I don't know, I've been doing more modeling recently, but I guess it's creative. It doesn't feel like as, as creative to me. It's just more like a fun thing, you know? The modeling? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and for some people it completely is like their like creative outlet. So I'm not, I'm not saying it's not, I'm just saying for me, it's just like a fun thing, a fun thing that I do. Do you feel and like that's, funny too. do you feel like as the model, that's more of like a performative outlet as opposed to a creative that the photographer is more the creator and you're the performer? Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe so. May, yeah, in a way, in a way, I feel like performance can be, you know, like a creative outlet in itself, depending on how you approach it also. Yeah, if you're improving and, and doing your performances off the, off script or off a script that you made, then I mean, right. that's, yeah. that's creation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important as like a comedian or as a, just a creator to like, all right, I have this main, like, this is my main thing, comedy, but it's, I think it's good to have like a break from that. Like when you go writer's block to be able to go paint, like, like, right. or if you're having trouble writing comedy, like I'm a comedy writer. So I, I'll paint or I'll write poetry. Those are kind of like my two other little things that I'll go to. That's just kind of for me. Right, right. I guess, I guess my immediately, my immediate go-to, like if it's not comedy, would be like the music. Like that's, that's purely a creative outlet. Like when it's not, oh, like I'm writing comedy songs to sing on stage. It's, it's purely creative. You spend a lot of time just hanging out, just like picking at your guitar and stuff. More, more recently than I used to, I'm guilty of like going like really long periods of time without without touching it at all and I'm I'm guilty of like not uh like not practicing to increase my skill I like kind of peaked at like age 16 you know <laughs> like I feel like the first three years of learning guitar were just like I was just like doing great and excelling and then I was just like yeah I'm I'm good enough I can I can get out the things that I want to get out <laughs> So, uh, I just I hope I don't get that way with comedy. <laughs> right, right, right. Like get jaded with it. Some people I've seen that like with some people like they're a little, you know they've been doing it five ten years but they just reach like a plateau where they're like yeah I'm good enough and and you can't blame them because they're getting what they want to get out of it you know they're they're having their creative outlet their performance outlet but yeah. <laughs> Are you, you think you're your own biggest critic and you're just always like striving to like progress your comedy? Like, how can I take it to the next level? How can I take this oh, yeah. the next notch? 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because people either just like completely love me or hate me. There's no in between. Like, I don't have a lot of, I have a couple of friends in comedy that, you know, give me edits or whatever, but mostly it's like, they're like, you're awesome. Or, you know, I'm getting the screenshots from other people that uh, I'm not, I'm not a fan. <laughs> so you feel like you deal with a lot of fake people in your scene? Your scene's probably oh. fucking huge. It's not, it's not really that big, like compared to like Denver, like you go up and there'll be like 30 or 60 people on a mic, but uh, the Albuquerque, like when we had mics regularly, it would be like 10 to 15 comedians, you know, I feel like it's not, it's not like a huge, a huge scene. That's about what we have. Yeah. That's about what we have here. So yeah, that's not too big at all, especially for a big city. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thinking about it. But I like I like coming up in a smaller scene because like it's there's less competition. It's it's easier to to find your voice, I feel like. Like when sometimes when you go to like the bigger cities and and you go to the mics, a lot of the people that go up will have, you know, like the same voice or they'll be talking about the same thing or there's like so many similarities. Like so you think the lack of pressure and uh, you think like the lack of pressure keeps you more like free, keeps you more open? Yeah, definitely. And then yeah. I guess being in a smaller group at uh, like 15 compared to 30 or 60 keeps you out of like a hive mind mentality to where you don't have the people that are just going up and like the same voice, the same thing. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of diversity as far as I mean there's a lot of white guys, but there's a lot of diversity as, as far as like people's people's styles like in the community. Like you're gonna see everything like if you go to an open mic in Albuquerque. I've got the same thing here. And even though it does feel like it's a, it's mainly white guys, there is still like a good portion of diversity and even the white guys oh, yeah. you get to see like everybody's little differences all the little subtle differences in everybody's perspective and um it's cool seeing like how even though we can be so like opposite in certain ways that Mm -hmm. all the ways we're not opposite we're exactly alike or extremely alike right yeah and like i don't know like uh and like the bigger cities there's like the comedy scene and then there's the alt comedy scene you know and it's kind of like I feel like it's like I'm kind of critical of it because it's like if you don't fit into like a certain box and you're like an alt comic but labeling people like that like in a smaller scene you don't have alt comics because everyone just kind of has their own different voice and like by labeling people like that you're like okay this is the way you're supposed to be this is the way comedy is supposed to be but you're like an outlier right what type of like comics or perspectives would you put into that alt category? I guess like, I guess like, uh, I guess anyone who's not, it's hard because it's not like a certain thing. It's just like anyone who's not, who's not mainstream. Okay. And, and maybe it's just that they're not like bookable on every show, <laughs> People- you know? No, but you're, I see what you're saying. I've had 
comedians that have come here from out of town to perform or comedians that have been to the comedy store. I've met like Joey Diaz and George Perez and people like that. I've had them tell me that there's like, there's like funny bone laugh factory. And then there's like comedy store and the comedy cellar. And they're definitely like different brands of humor. You know what I mean? Like if you go to a laugh factory, you're going to see a different comic than you see at the funny bone. And if you go to the funny bone, you're going to see a different comic than you would see at the comedy store. Right. Right. And I feel like I haven't been doing that long enough to like really know like all the differences, but I like, I can definitely, definitely see like there's some differentiation there, like just from traveling, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of differences, but also like similarities. Yeah. I also think like, kind of like a high school. (laughs) Yeah. It gets clicky, doesn't it? Yeah, Yeah. That's the other thing I like about the small, the small group is that we don't have like room to get clicky. There's only like room for it to be one right. click. Right. There will be like different groups of, you know, but everybody, everyone kind of respects each other because they have to like see each other. And even if you don't like, like someone, like everyone pretty much books each other in Albuquerque for the most part, right. or at least, or at least they did, you know. Is there a lot of other female comedians there? Um, there's not that many. No, uh, there's there's one producer who creepily has like a list of them. <laughs> You've seen the list? You can't yeah, no, them. yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, he, if I find it, I'll send it to you. Uh, but he would say, he would say something about, oh, so-and-so is on the scene now. She's really good. And I'm excited because uh, now we have 11 female comedians in Albuquerque. And then he like sent me like the list and you could tell it was, um, it was like procured like over, over some period of time because it was in like different pens and the piece of paper like looked worn. <laughs> there was like cum stains on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> something like that. It was weird. <laughs> I'm like this is unnerving for some reason <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> no it has to be like strange for a female comedian trying to get booked sometimes because I'm sure there's guys that out there that are like creepy bookers or that have some sort of like preconceived notion that something's going to happen if they book you or do you a favor right oh it's definitely out there it's definitely out there especially with you because you like (laughs) you do do the cam girl um and only fans and stuff like that right right but at the same time like i feel like a lot of a lot of people don't really fuck with me because i'm like known for calling people out (laughs) for shit but i can definitely tell there's a lot of like male producers uh it's, it's not like, okay, um, I booked you, so now you have to fuck me, or if, if you fuck me, I'll book you. It's just kind of like, uh, I'm going to book you, and I really hope you fuck me. <laughs> right. I see, like, more of that, you know? It's like using it as, like, an in, like, in a way. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but you, I mean, you're funny, though. So I, I've seen your stand-up on YouTube, Cat Savage okay. Comedy, like that 20-minute set that you have on there. You're fucking hilarious the whole time. So, 
you know, you're not getting booked just because you have half naked pictures on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, and you can usually tell because like you'll either get like the five minute opener slot or you'll get like the feature spot. <laughs> that's, how, that's how you can tell whether or not you were, you were, you were booked for other reasons. <laughs> The, the five minute spot means that you were booked for other reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just wanted to get you in the door. Yeah. <laughs> Which works out because then I'm like, then I actually get to perform and they're like, oh, she's, uh, she's actually funny. <laughs> yeah. And now you're trying to get the 20 minute spot. Right. Exactly. So, so it plays to your advantage. Exactly. I will, I have no, I have no problem taking advantage of that kind of, of that kind of dynamic. <laughs> yeah, you sound empowered. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <sighs> Hell yeah. I can't raise one fist because uh, one of my friends on Facebook said that if you raise one fist even for, for Black Lives Matter, then you're, it's a white power sign. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now we know. I'm like, all right. I was like, what, how do you feel about, uh, how do you feel about fist bumping on Jersey Shore. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't appropriate the Italian's culture. Right? Is that is is it appropriation? Is it racism? I don't, <laughs> I don't I think appropriation is a form of racism. It's systemic. Yeah. It's just yeah. I don't know if you can hear the harmonica in the background and all the noises here. <laughs> Do you also live at a studio? No, I just I just live with my folks and my, my brother's here and his kids here and there's just like kids and dogs and all kind of crazy things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I got a pretty hectic uh, household over here too. Like I'm in my sunroom that I live in and back over there is a podcast studio and back over here is like the living room. And uh, the guy I rent from, he has a four-year-old, and they do podcasts oh, yeah. here every night of the week. Oh, okay. So I'm That's just, like, tucked cool. in my little nook. He's just, like, in the corner. Yeah, I'm yeah, all yeah. in the corner of my house. I just don't like it. <laughs> yeah, you're just, like, trying to hide. Like, I'm just writing jokes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For sure. Sitting in some smoky-ass room. Yeah, no, I, I usually open my windows. My mom's like, if you're going to smoke a blunt, just make sure you open the window because we don't try, try not to smoke tobacco in the house. <laughs> yeah, no, the tobacco smoke grabs to, like, cloth better than uh, weed smoke does. It'll stain your walls, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yep, it'll stain your walls. Yeah. Did you grow up in New Mexico? No, I grew up in uh, mostly in Mississippi. That's pretty much where I was raised. I was born in Virginia. And then, like, my dad's from New York, so I spent time up there, like, as a little kid. But then, uh, like, once we were in school, it was, I, I pretty much went to school in Mississippi for most of my school years. Yeah. So you didn't move out to New Mexico until, like, high school? No, until I was, well, I spent a couple years up in New York, but I homeschooled. But I didn't move out. I moved out here about seven years ago. So I was already, I was, like, 22 okay yeah I was just so like, I was what was it like growing up in mississippi it was uh you're mixed aren't you yeah yeah it was my dad my mom's white my dad's afro-cuban i was only i was like one of the only brown girls in school i got called every 
like racial derogatory term that didn't even apply to me. Like, <laughs> um, I, I, like I have a joke I'm working on where I'm like, you know, growing up, like I thought I was like a misfit, but then like once I became an adult, I just realized I'm just not racist. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was weird. It was weird. It definitely like procured like my sense of humor. Like, and, like, like it hardened your shell. Oh yeah, for sure. I came out. I came up with like a lot of like quick comebacks. Like that's why. That's why I'm such a good roast battler. <laughs> oh, you're good at roast battles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm like I'm like three for one right now. And there was like this big like bracketed one in Albuquerque. It was like the like the ultimate roast battle where we were all supposed to go up against each other, and and then it was canceled because of COVID. And I was kind of happy because I didn't really write enough, <laughs> but it was also really sad. <laughs> um, I won a couple. I, I won the tournament that we did here in town over yeah. like a span of like twelve weeks or some shit like that. Okay. And then um, I actually won like a bunch of the individual nights throughout the tournament. Cool. And then uh, my friend Brandon Moore, who's a comedian that's been doing it for like seven years, he got me on a roast. It's like a roast battle style competition. Mm -hmm. They just don't call it a roast battle. Um, okay. But he got me on that at the Funny Bone in Richmond. And uh, that was really fucking fun. The girl that I went against, I think yeah. we had the best battle of the night. But I fucking lost, so whatever. Damn. <laughs> was it close though? Yeah, yeah, no, I think it was close. It was really good. What was like what's probably like the worst roast that you've ever gotten? Like the one that like cut deep. <laughs> the one that the one that cut deep. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have to go back and watch some of them. I think the best yeah. one I think the I think the best one was uh I look like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo if he was addicted to meth instead of weed. Oh, shit. <laughs> I really like that one. One time I got Aubrey Plaza on heroin. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> and uh, let's see, in person, uh, the worst one I got was like, you're shaped like the letter R. <laughs> you're shaped like the letter R? <laughs> do you have scoliosis or something? <laughs> I do have scoliosis. <laughs> 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 I also have I also have tits but no ass. Oh, and I okay. kind of slump, so it like it, it like hit on so many different levels. <laughs> and nobody else like really got it. Like it didn't like go like the joke like didn't hit well with the crowd, but like it hit me. Like I felt that shit. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, <laughs> I have to I have to go back and watch some of my roast battles now because there are some really funny ones in there. I battled um, my friend Sean Bennett a couple of times and yeah. he always got my ass good. I mean, he's just, he's fucking quick. Um, yeah. <laughs> the best one I ever saw was these two brothers, Avery and Christian and um, they're brothers and they're brothers. But oh yeah. <laughs> fuck dude. That shit was so funny. That was like the best roast battle I've ever seen. I wish that. Did they go know, against each other or? Yeah, yeah, they went against oh, each damn. other. And uh, the host just, like, ended up letting them go over time because, like, when the buzzer went off, they wouldn't stop. It was just, like, 
20 years of like pent up fucking right. anger that they just unleashed on each other. They've like, been writing that shit for like their whole life, like literally. Like, <laughs> yeah, there wasn't even a roast battle. It was all just straight from the heart. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's rough. Shit got real. It was awesome. Oh. Um, no, but I, I like doing, I'm glad that I did the roast battles that early on because. It made me not take myself as serious, you know what I mean, as seriously. Like right. it made me make fun of myself. And now when I go out on stage, that's like one of my go-to jokes is, um, you know, I know what I look like. And then I have, yeah. you know, I mean, I have a fucking page worth of lookalike jokes. Roast battles but, are great for openers, like finding, yeah. <laughs> and it's a good, it's a good writing tool. It's a good like exercise, you know, for writing yeah. jokes. Yeah. But then you can take that same ideology and apply yeah. it to like roasting establishments or situations or concepts that you're observing, whatever it is that you're writing about in your actual material. Right. Yeah. I feel like no writing is like a waste, like even like writing for like current events. Because like once you have a joke, you have like the joke, you have the structure of the joke and the formula of the joke and you can pretty much plug in whatever else you need to like to adapt it you know that makes sense no yeah i know what you mean it's writing jokes is like mathematical in that way there's a lot yeah, of like yeah. formula <laughs> to it it's like it's chemistry <laughs> there's a lot of like variables involved all right chemistry whatever if you want to be yeah. different that's fine <laughs> i never made it past ninth grade so fucking leave oh, yeah. me alone. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those kids that was just like smart for no reason like <laughs> I would like pull pranks at school like one time we like no one liked history class so me and one of my girlfriends we super glued like the door shut <laughs> so <laughs> I'm trying to think we would uh I would always like make make videos like in the halls of like high school and get other people in trouble I would just like slink away <laughs> like <laughs> I would like drift into the shadows with my camera <laughs> and then other people would go to the office for like moshing in the hallway <laughs> <laughs> you're an asshole so you're yeah. like a little, you're like an instigator you're like I was, a, I was definitely an instigator I was definitely an instigator <laughs> but like on some weird like social manipulation like dude yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's very avant-garde so One do you time still I, like wrote uh <laughs> do you still do stuff like that when you go to walmart like by yourself or with friends do you just like improv strange situations or just like act out i don't think even i think it has translated in my adulthood to just like being a troll online like that's <laughs> that's what comes out <laughs> I feel like internet culture is fucking rotting my brain dude it is it's it's rough because like I have to approach it and and like the idea of like making sure that I'm creating like as as much as I'm consuming you know if right. not more if not like, more if yeah. you're like contributing like if you're posting things if you're like if you're like putting stuff out there it's one thing versus just like scrolling and scrolling and then just right. like getting in arguments with people on like other posts but I'm also guilty of like losing myself in a day of arguing with people over 
a post that was supposed to just be like a one-liner on my Facebook page that became a political ideology debate. Right. No, that type of shit happens to me too. Or like, I'll just sit there and keep pulling the phone down to like refresh my notifications. Right. I'm like, I know another one's coming. Just another hit of dopamine. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like this weird and it's, I feel like it's like making me a fucking narcissist because I'm just like staring into this mirror of like my own thoughts. I'm like, really oh, is. look at this thing that I said. All right, now let me respond again. That's, <sighs> That's hard to know because there's not like as much of like the platform of like being able to go out and socialize and just like have bro conversations, you know, with people at like an open mic or, you know, like we, we crave like that connection and that socialization, but we get it in the form of like Facebook, which is basically crack you know <laughs> yeah it is 100 dude i agree with that i have jokes about that it is fucking crack i can verify as a ex-crackhead that facebook is like it's easier to quit smoking crack i still have a cell phone i don't have a crack pipe cat yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe if like smoking crack was more socially acceptable and i could just walk around like just firing up my stem all day Right, yeah. then then we wouldn't have to check Facebook notifications <laughs> to get that hit. Yeah. We just cr- <laughs> check crack notifications. Yeah, <laughs> crack book. <laughs> crack book. Seriously, man, it's bad. And it's, they have people that are like super knowledgeable about psychology and sociology and they know how to like use these bells and whistles against us to keep us more fucking tuned in. It's like a casino. It is. It is like every, every little thing that they engineer and like put into social media is like designed to make us use it more and become more, more addicted to it. Yeah. And it it can be like for us as comedians, a really amazing tool to live stream podcasts, to post my flyers, to sell your nudes to you know what i mean like even like getting like a voice out there like getting a presence out there like social media has been huge for me just like putting myself out there as someone that people know of you know which is huge when it comes to getting booked right well and you also getting your voice out there for being like an empowering figure for women like in the stuff that you talk about or in the people that you put on blast whether it be um abusers or bookers or racist or what the fuck ever yeah it's like you built this platform now and you have people looking to you whether you like it or not there are a certain level of people that look to you and now it's like with great power comes great responsibility spider-man right exactly yeah there is a responsibility there is for sure especially if you're like using your platform for selfish reasons you know you also there's also a responsibility that if you have the voice and people are looking people are listening to what you're saying like you have to say something right yeah if you can be a voice for the voiceless or use your voice to build other people up and motivate like one of my biggest things is I got all these people all around the country and the world who are like, they fucking super believe in me and think that I have all this potential. And they're like, come here, come stay with me and do this and do that. And they, they fucking love me and they believe me. And I'm like, thank you. And I love you. And I appreciate this. And I want to come see you, but believe in yourself more than you believe in me. Like, if you think I can make it doing 
like with my dream, like what's your dream? What is it that you want to do? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, 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 I see a lot of that. But like also, like people say to me, you know, you, you said the things that I couldn't find a way to say or I didn't have a platform to say, you know? So, right. you, so you have to understand there's that aspect of like people, people looking up to you and that sort of thing. But also, yeah, I'm like, I'm nobody you know right same, same. it's 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 an illusion and even if you tell people that it doesn't it doesn't dispel the illusion you know <laughs> yeah 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 if anything it makes you more like mystical it's like oh they don't he doesn't think he's special she doesn't think she's right. special it's like i'm not right. I'm, I'm a fucking glorified fuck up yeah i'm like you're you're special too like <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> I just won't stop running my mouth about what's on my mind. That's the only difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. And like for all those reasons, as far as like building up other people, being a voice for the voiceless, all those reasons and the obvious like promotional tools that Facebook can be used as, it can be a great tool, but it can also be a weapon against you. Um, you have to watch whether you're using it or if it's using you. Right, for sure. There's, there's a give and take. Sure. Yeah. kind of like selling your soul to the devil <laughs> yeah it is because it's yeah, like a, it's, sure. it's like a temptation it's that dopamine temptation yeah and also like there's like i don't have like fomo in real life like i have no problem passing up like a party you know but like if i'm like oh what am i missing on social media like what news headline am i not am i not taking in in time to make a decent joke about it or you know like what am i what am i missing out on like there's that there's that aspect if you do take a break from it so. <laughs> yeah yeah no i, I get that too because i don't i don't have cable i don't watch the news i don't like go looking for the news i let i let right. the news find me on social media and then i'll go be like all right what's this thing everyone's talking about from this meme right there's yeah there, yeah exactly there's so many like things that i've learned about like that are in the news because i saw like my friends joking about it like i learned about kobe's death because there were some fucked up jokes <laughs> right right i learned about those remember that couple from like a couple weeks ago or last week from st louis that like pointed their guns at the protesters oh yeah uh i saw it in the meme first yeah i woke <laughs> up one morning and started scrolling facebook and it was just like meme after meme after meme after meme of them yes yeah. and i was like what the fuck is this what why what um <laughs> but it's weird because we're like we're a part of the media now too right so like you know if you're any kind of like conspiracy theorist or like acid freak or whatever anti-government right. person it's like the media it's the media it's like well right we are a part media. of that now yeah we are the media yeah. but like in a way that that's kind of cool like finding out like what the headline is from a joke because then it forces you to do your own research and be like all right well, what's really going on instead of just like sitting in front of the cable news channel you know taking in whatever right. they want you to hear you're like all right i'm gonna <laughs> go and it's just important to laugh yeah oh yeah for sure for sure <laughs> like everything should be taken so seriously so when you can see like a current event spun into a hilarious meme it's like yes thank you 
yeah it's not as traumatizing <laughs> right already, like, made the connection like with the joke for you right <laughs> like i wish we had memes when 9-11 happened it would have been much oh more therapeutic <laughs> what <laughs> why did someone freak out when i say 9-11 <laughs> Uh, well, it doesn't affect a lot of people, but when I was 11 years old, <laughs> so uh, so when it happened, I have a bunch of family up there, and like when it happened, we couldn't get in touch with anyone, and we drove up there, and like I remember, I remember driving into the city, and like you could still like see like all the smoke and like all the debris. It was crazy. It was crazy, and then like walking around was super eerie because there it was just like missing posters for people everywhere like everywhere oh. it was it was it was and it was like the energy like compared to I don't know if you've ever like been to New York like to the city like everyone's an asshole everyone's just like moving super quickly hates each other uh like People don't like wave or make eye contact, but like after that happened, like just like people walk slower, like they said hello to each other. Like there was like this this sense of community. It was, I don't know, it's, it was a lot that went into it. <laughs> so that's my background of why. <laughs> but yeah, a lot, of people, a lot of people, it's like, yeah, why, why do you care? Like it doesn't affect you. Come on. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, it does, it does affect a lot. 9 11 was a weird day. I'm, I live like an hour south of DC. Um, my uncle is a firefighter who like, you know, was at the Pentagon and stuff when that happened. Oh, wow. You know? So when everything happened at the Pentagon too, now obviously it's not nearly as bad as the, just how devastating that was for New York City. Cause that's literally in the middle of the city. Yeah, um, but, but still in DC, like any kind of attack is, yeah it had a weird there was a really weird tone in virginia um especially like where i live right off the i-95 corridor right. there was like a weird vibe here too when all that shit happened yeah and then like uh i remember i pissed people off because it was like the 18th anniversary of the twin towers and they were deducting time from people's sets for making jokes about it <laughs> So wow. I open. So I open with, "Hey guys, have you heard? It's the 18th anniversary of the Twin Towers or of 9/11." I was like, "So you know what that means? We can finally fuck it." <laughs> <laughs> so you just like ruined that joke for anybody? I ruined else. my whole set. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't care. I didn't care. It was worth it. <laughs> I told that dog on LSD bit that ends with like the 9/11 joke. I told that in a like a biker bar that's near that's near Stafford Courthouse and near like Quantico Marine Base. Um, they did not like that. <laughs> they were yeah. they were ready to fucking kill me oh, for that yeah. joke. Yeah, it was like, like I understand like a lot of like the fucked up jokes that we come up with. It comes from like us like coping with our personal experience and trauma. Right. Exactly. You know? A lot of people do not realize that, and yeah. um, I've had I've made that clear to audiences before that have like, you know, gotten shitty with my comedians. It's like about making a rape joke or something. It's like you don't know, maybe he's been raped. Like I understand where you're coming from, and like maybe they should work on their joke. Yes, but at the same time, 
most comedians jokes come from a place of darkness and right. for all you know this individual has been molested and this is the only way that they know how to express themselves and there's like and there's like a clear difference you know like i've i have like straight up walked out of a mic before because like two comedians in a row like went up and just told like these awful like insensitive rape jokes where like the punchline is basically a woman getting beaten or raped you know like there's a difference between that and like using it or you know like not being afraid to go there to say something or you know to tell a joke right right there, there's a difference between using it and abusing it for sure yeah yeah as with everything in life um right. there's also like there's also like certain wordings and stuff that people can do to make things better too because right yeah for sure yeah like yes. dance dance around the idea of what you're trying to say okay make the rape yeah. implied we don't have to just be like rape so, right. then, so then i raped her like yeah <laughs> but yeah no i've learned that too because um like i'll have like a I'll have a solid rape joke, <laughs> but, but it, but like saying, saying the R word will shock people or even yes. referencing it directly. It will shock people so much that they can't even like appreciate or like laugh at the, you know, the, what the joke actually is, which yeah. is usually, which is usually saying that rape is not okay. That, right. that's like that's usually the point of the joke but i'm getting there like through my fucked up experience of like dealing with it you know so i'm like taking people like on the journey with me so <laughs> right now i know exactly what you're saying um my friend mike explained it to me best i think the 9-11 the word term 9-11 and the word rape have a similar thing my buddy Mike explained it to me like this. It's like when I'm telling the dog on LSD joke and I get to the part where I say 9-11, it's huh. like once it leaves my mouth and hits people's ears, it's it's a trigger word. Right. So it's like, okay, wait, what? Why did he say that? You know, they people start doing math in their head. You're not even listening to what I'm saying anymore. Right. Because this word has a certain... Yeah, because this word has a certain connotation to it and I just blurted it out. And you're like, hold on, wait, what, why? Like you said, yeah. you're trying to process it. Right, exactly. Yeah. So they're not, they're not, they're not processing the joke. They're processing like the word and like whatever that means to them. And then, <laughs> you know, you can lose people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, wow. I like the way you put that. Yeah. They're processing the word and what it means to them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That was deep. That was smart. Yeah, all right um i feel like we've talked about a lot cat yeah yeah good yeah i think i think so i think yeah. we've done our duty as the media <laughs> to cover yeah. the important topics yeah to just blurt out enough bullshit as possible yeah, yeah. <laughs> i want to talk about aliens they do exist <laughs> I, i'm really guilty of that of like of going into conspiracy theories on podcasts. I've noticed a pattern. <laughs> well, my thing is, my thing is too, is like, I hate, I hate like small talk. You know what I mean? Like, how's the uh -huh. weather? What do you do for a living? Like, I hate shit like that. So anytime I like catch myself doing it, my instinct is like to go to the extreme. I'm like, 
did you know you're God? You know what I mean? Like, I just, I just want to like say weird shit. You know what I mean? Like, what's yeah. the weirdest How thing? How do you feel about say? 5G? Like, <laughs> that's small talk for me, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what's your favorite salad dressing? I don't want to do the same regular, like, small, getting to know each right. other. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's good a, to open up conversation and get to deeper things, but I'm not, I'm, yeah, if people ask me, like, how are you? I'm usually just like, it's a manic day, or, you know, I feel empty inside. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, let me know if you want to get together and do another one of those writing sessions. I know last time it was just you and I. Um, oh, yeah. I, done i've done another one that had a couple other people in on it and i know there's some other people that would like to do stuff like that yeah i'm down yeah because that's probably the closest thing like to stage time that will help me like hone in on my jokes and get some real structure to what i have going on you would rather do like a zoom workshop instead of like a zoom than a zoom mic yeah 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 because like you know like i need like the feedback and more than more than just like a delayed laugh, you know. I need to know why you're laughing. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Um, do you have any announcements or anything that you want to plug? How people can follow you, Kat? Let's see. I can. I guess I can do my social medias. Um, uh, I'm on Instagram. Uh, Cat Savage is not that funny. All one word. I'm on uh, Twitter. Cat Savage Comedy. I do have my Facebook page, Cat Savage. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. I don't really have anything major coming up. Got my OnlyFans. Uh, yeah, I'm on there as Misdirection, M-I-S-S. And I, yeah, I think that's it. That's pretty much it. You have a podcast coming soon too, don't you? I know you, I'm, don't, you, know, you don't I'm want trying to disclose to, much. It's, I, I don't, I just don't want to be one of those people. It's like, yeah, I have this podcast coming up and then a year later it doesn't come out. But I, you know that my passion is naked comedy as, as a lot of people do. And I want to, I want to start a naked comedy podcast. That's pretty much all the information I have right now. <laughs> so I didn't know that you were like that openly passionate about it. Cause I have certain ideas and I like keep them to myself in the notebook. Yeah. And um, that's the one thing that we connected on when we right, first right. started chatting is that because I've had the idea to do like um, nude resorts and shit. So, yeah, yeah. If I knew you were more open about that, I would have like <laughs> tried to talk to you about that on the podcast. Well, there's just like there's this there's like this level to it. There's like this extra level of like vulnerability that like in a way is kind of like really beautiful. And also like once you go up on stage naked, like going on stage with clothes and telling your bits is fucking, is cake, dude. Yeah, I was about to ask, so has that translated to, like, making it easier? Because you're, like, yeah. literally naked, so now when you go on, you're like, oh, whatever, fuck it. I mean, I still have, like, you know, the anxiety and stage fright, but it's easier to psych myself out because I can be like, dude, you're, like, you're wearing clothes, like, your tits aren't even out, like, what are you? You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> Do you think that the doing it naked has made you more natural on stage in a way in a way yeah i can't explain how exactly but but yeah i feel like it has because <laughs> like that literal nakedness and like not caring like right i feel like i'm the funniest when i'm hanging out with my friends and when i like 
that's when I'm in my zone. Like that's when I, when I care the least is when I'm the funniest. Right. So there has to be something about being literally naked that just drops that whole veil. It's like, fuck it, here I am. Yeah, there's definitely that aspect to it. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Well, let me know if you want to do the naked podcast. I told you I'd do it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You'll definitely be one of my first guests. First. That'd be awesome. If I can get like episode three or six or nine. (laughs) Weird. It's gotta be three, six or nine. Okay, gotcha. (laughs) Three, six, nine. Damn she five. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Nikola Tesla said. If you knew the power of three six nine, you'd have a key to unlock the universe. Yeah. And Lil John said three six nine. Damn, yeah. five. Girls, going. Like, damn oh, <laughs> he knew. He knew. He knew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Fuck> <laughs> All right. You have a great night, Cat. Thanks you for doing too. this too. Thank you. Peace. I'll catch you later. Bye.